Ando. We've been talking about our Heaven series for the last couple of weeks, and we are going to close down that series. It's been, I think, pretty amazing for a lot of us um, as we've talked about this idea of understanding just the, the whole picture and the whole presentation of what heaven is all about. We talked, it's a place really where mystery and majesty collide. I mean, there's so many of us that have this heart that, that hopefully one day that we're going to go to heaven, but it's a place that we really don't know a whole lot about, that, that there's really some, some digging and some, some work to help us to understand what heaven is all about. Over these last couple of weeks, we talked about that we know that heaven is going to be a paradise. It'll be a paradise of sights and sounds and, and peace and to know that, that we'll be in the presence of God forever, that it not only provides hope for our tomorrow about, about where we're going to spend eternity, but it provides some peace and hope for us right here to know now that God said that he was going to go away and he was going to prepare a place for us, that where he is, that we are going to be with him forever. How many are looking for that place, yeah? That we're glad to know that it provides peace for us today. We talked about the theology of heaven as well. There might be a lot of conception or misconception about heaven, but we really have to know what does the Bible truly say? In fact, we took one of those weeks to go through some question and answers as well uh, about all of the kind of the things that, that people were unsure about or just really didn't have a grasp of what heaven was all about and, and some time to really take, take on some of your questions while Debbie and I were away. Um, so grateful for Bailey and Caitlin to be able to fill in for us while we're gone. And Bailey talked about that even though Jesus went away, he left heaven with us. He gave us his Holy Spirit to give us an understanding of just truly how good God is and what his purpose is for our life by giving us the Holy Spirit. And then I asked Caitlin if she would just kind of take us to the other side, that we hear a lot about heaven, but we recognize when we think about eternity that there is a heaven to gain but there is a hell to shun. How many know that today, right? And, and the truth is, is that, that our choices are going to provide an eternal destination for us as well. And it's been great for those of you that have been plugged into life groups over the last couple of weeks as well. I know that as Debbie and I hosted our group to, to not only hear what, what we learn about on Sunday mornings, but to, to take some time with people and friends of the church family and dig into those topics more and more and, and to connect with our lives. And I, and I can tell you that, that, you know, all of our life groups have been great, but, but this one has been such a great group that we have been a part of as well. And for those of you that will finish off this week, I trust that you'll finish strong. And to be able to lead your group and to Talk about the joy of heaven, but also to understand that our choices help to determine our destination as well. And so I want to conclude in just these couple of moments that we have remaining today with really that thought with you this morning. I think the big takeaway that I want to give you of this entire series that has been much more than just information for you. We've wanted to talk on this subject of heaven more than just to help you to know what kind of place it is or to ask questions or to try to figure out what it's all about. We've wanted to be more than just informative. Really, it's been about choice. You see, heaven is not automatic. And really, heaven isn't guaranteed unless we follow, again, when we talked about the theology of heaven, about the right steps that it takes for you and I to get to heaven. And before we leave this morning, I want to affirm to you just a choice that has to be made for every one of us, that, that really a non-choice even today 
is a choice. That really our eternal destination, our eternal destiny rests upon the choice that each and every one of us are making today. You see, throughout Scripture, we're given a pretty good understanding or a picture of heaven, but it's hard truly for us to understand just exactly what it's all about. I mean, these were writers thousands of years ago that at this point, we're still looking thousands of years into the future, getting a a, a landscape of something that was just so unlike anything they had ever seen before. And they were putting it in descriptive language that that relatively it's still hard for us to to even picture today. The Bible says that there was this gigantic pearl out of one pearl that the gates of heaven have been formed out of. It talks about, and we sometimes often joke, that the the streets, like our most precious items in this life, gold, that that, that the writer explains to us that the the streets, right, the things that we just walk on are, are made out of the most precious items that we cling to here in this life. It's, it's almost that if obviously heaven is, is turned upside down in, in kind of our understanding and our truth, that we have some picture and idea of what heaven is going to be like, but it's hard for us to grasp and to get a full picture because it, it doesn't identify with anything really that, that we see. And whatever we can identify, it seems like it's just turned upside down. But we also talked about that the Bible talks that it describes what not being in heaven is going to be like. And, and truly, it, it does seem to click with our spirit even more. When Jesus talked more about what it would be like to be away from his presence in a place called hell than what it would be like to be in heaven, we have a much more vivid description and understanding of what it's going to be like to be separated from God forever in a place called hell. It talks about the fire and the flames that Oftentimes the writers and Jesus himself said it would be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, that it would be of of suffering. Caitlin told us the story that Jesus shared with those that were asking the same question about a rich man and the beggar. And we hear much more about the rich man in hell than we do about Lazarus being comforted in heaven. We can kind of identify quickly with the agony and the pain and the suffering that he's in that's going to go on and on and on forever. But it's not just for information's sake. I want you to know it's, it's a choice. You see, that's how we enter into our eternal destination is by understanding the truth of the gospel and making a choice. There are three parables that Jesus also talked about in Luke chapter 15. I think most of them are probably pretty familiar to us. It was a story about a lost sheep, about a lost coin, and ultimately a lost son. Many of you might know it more about the prodigal son. And Jesus was helping us to understand what it's going to be like in eternity. Really what is already happening and what the choice for eternity was all about. You see, they all give us truth that the only party that there is going to be in eternity is the one that will be celebrated in heaven. And it happens when a soul that is lost repents and receives Christ into their life. At the end of each one of these little stories that Jesus told, he said, and there was a great celebration for what was lost 
has been found. And that even the angels of heaven rejoice when one soul makes that choice, when makes that decision to ask Jesus to come into their life. You see, we're apt to believe that some of the words that we hear on the other side that are falsely echoed. In fact, Billy Joel, maybe the more famous of those authors, had that same sentiment to the millions that would believe along with him in the song that he wrote, Only the Good Die Young, where he claimed this, and they say that there's a heaven for those who will wait. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are the ones that have so much more fun. You see, unfortunately, there are millions in the world today that would say yes to that, that would identify with that, that would declare, yeah, I can't wait to get to heaven because all my friends are going to be there and what a party we're going to have for all eternity. If you think Friday nights and Saturday nights have been a blast at all the local establishments and all the things that we are doing here on this, just how much more magnified is that going to be when we're all there? But I'm here to tell you the truth today, that the only party that the Bible talks about that will ever be in eternity is not going to be in hell, it's only going to be in heaven. Can I tell you, not only has Billy Joel got it wrong, but unfortunately there are millions that have this wrong belief that they're going to carry the party into hell for all eternity because of all the friends that are going to be there. But Jesus was very clear to help us to understand what it's going to be like to be away from his presence for all eternity. He talks about the flames and the fire. He talks about the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. And so we recognize that there is a heaven to run to and there is a hell to avoid. You see, this illusion continues to bear the fact, really almost from the beginning of time. Jesus often used some illustrations to help us to understand the truth of, of other things and of other opportunities that are yet to come and to help us to identify with them. When Jesus was talking to those and even to his disciples about his own resurrection, his death and his burial, but ultimately his resurrection, he used the prophet Jonah. Some of you, again, probably remember the story about Jonah and the great fish, right, that, that recognized that he was sent to be able to declare the gospel and to go into a nation that was, that was anti-God, that was living this life in this party world, but they were doing in light of the truth of the gospel, and so God wanted to send Jonah to bring revival, and although Jonah didn't want to go, the power and the truth of the gospel was unleashed on the city of Nineveh, and the Bible says that the king tore his robes uh, in, in a sense of, of of humility and reputation of, of, of what we read about in the, in, in the Old Testament times. And he called on the city to repent before God. And there was this mighty revival. But it took some time for Jonah to get it right. And Jesus said that as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for how long? Three days. For three days and three nights, Jesus said, So will the Son of Man be in the earth for three days and three nights. He looked back into some things that they knew and they understand, stories that, that were told and were passed down from generation to remember. Like, I remember hearing that story, but you're telling me there's real truth and there's real power in that story? Jesus said, let me tell you, as much as Jonah came out of that great fish three days later, I'm going to come out of the ground three years later, three days later as well. 
And so it was in this same sense that we look back way far in the Old Testament. We go all the way back to Genesis, where the Bible helps us to give us understanding today by another real event that took place. You see, God spoke to a man by the name of Noah after the city had, and the world really at that time, had become so wicked. A place of hope, a place that that people can be saved. And I want you to create this ark, this boat. You're going to do it where you live. And it was away from the city. It was typically out in the desert. Now, the world had never seen rain like you and I understand in our world. In fact, Debbie and I, while we were in central Florida, some of you, you heard about the hurricane Nicole that was coming to a rare hurricane in the month of November. Debbie and I are great. Glad to be in Florida with a hurricane, right? Fortunately for us, typically, although I wanted to, how many have seen people, and I know that it's certainly legit, right? But they mark themselves safe from the hurricane, right? You have friends like that in Florida? I wanted to do that so bad. Like, like when they said, how was it? It was like it was really nothing more than a rainstorm that we have in Erie. Like, fortunately, it was, it was no big deal for us. But God asked Noah to build a big boat in the middle of a desert at a time when it had never rained. And so we're given kind of some story pieces to help us to understand just exactly what was going on. But we have to be reminded that what was the purpose of God doing this? It's because God's wrath was going to be poured out on humanity. But even in the midst of God's wrath, God always provides a way of salvation. Listen, no matter how bad your story has been, I want you to know that God always has hope for you. God always has a place for you. God always has a home for you. And it's always found by choice. It's always by believing that what God has said for us, what God has done for us, is that we can believe in that. And so when we read through this story, I know one that you've probably heard from the time that you were a child. For over 120 years, Noah labored in the desert building an ark and all of the people laughed. Could this happen? It's never happened in any of our lifetimes of what you're saying. And the party continued. And while Noah preached about the pending judgment of God. People laughed, and the party just kept going on. And while Noah was gathering all of the animals, and people looking and thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing that we've ever heard of, they laughed. And then if you'll read the Bible, it says when all was completed, the Bible says then that God shut the door of the ark. I want you to hear that with me. When the opportunity of escape, when the opportunity of of help, when the opportunity of, of, of getting away from the impending judgment was offered and the people had refused, the Bible says that then God shut the door of the ark. And while God was even shutting the door, people were laughing and people were partying. And then the rain started to fall. 
And the Bible says that the springs of the earth. So I don't know if any of you are aware. I know sometimes we get caught reading the story that we just think that, well, it was rain that just fell. But not only did just rain fall down, but the Bible says that the waters of the earth burst forth from underground as part of this massive flood of the earth. And as the waters began to rise, the party no longer became fun. And as people were caught in this idea that their impending doom was at hand, no one was singing and no one was laughing. As they were beating on the door, hoping that somehow that Noah would open the door so that they could get into this place of safety and security. But because that God had shut the door, the opportunity for them to go forward in their life was over. You see, it was these stories and illustrations that Jesus told to help us to understand, not only based on reality and fact, but the truth that God's word, God's word, God's truth is absolute truth. And so there will come a day where God, unlike in the story of Noah, is going to shut the door, but is going to end life as we know it today. And the only way that we enter into an eternal destination is by the choice and by believing in the truth of what God said. Just as Noah had preached for 120 years that people had heard the message and yet people had chose to ignore the truth. You see, the reason why we talked about heaven over these last couple of weeks is not to provide you information, but to reveal to you a choice that every one of us want to make. Do we want to go to heaven? Yeah, I think everybody would say, sure, in our heart of hearts, we want to go to heaven, but you just don't go to heaven. You choose. And there will be those who will party and laugh. There will be those like in the book of Peter that says, we've heard of this for a long, long time and it's never happened. But there is coming a day, my friend, when God is going to shut the door. When life as you know it For 120 years, they were presented with a daily choice to believe what it is that God says or just continue to party. See, if you want to dig into this a little bit more, in the Gospel of Luke, chapters 12, 13, 14, and 15 are just so amazing at helping us with this whole idea and understanding about our choice for eternity. I want to share just a little part of chapter 13 with you before we close this morning. In fact, if you have your Bibles, if you want to look at it, or, or you can check it out on one of the apps on your device, you know, they put little headings over different paragraphs or chapters in the Bible to help us understand, like, what's coming, like, what, what these next verses are going to mean. And at the beginning of Luke chapter 13, it says this, repent or perish, How many think that would get our attention, huh? Repent or perish. And Luke helps us to go on with this understanding of what Jesus is teaching us. Jesus was questioned about certain methods by which people were being ushered into eternity. And a lot of people thought that the ways that people died were unfair. Some were martyred. Others passed away by an accident or by some misfortune. And they were kind of claiming in this idea about going into eternity, how can it be fair? How can these 
bad things happen to good people? And it's probably a question that we are still trying to answer for so many today. But here's what I want you to hear this morning, friends. No level of goodness will promote you to heaven, nor will it protect you from hell. Can you read that line with me one more time? You see, it's not based on our goodness. It's not based on us kind of getting all of our accolades in a row or us kind of building our war chest that as somehow we are going to get God's goodness enough for him to, to usher us into heaven. You see, the only way that the Bible talks about of what biblical Christianity is all about is the only way we get to heaven is to believe God's truth and is to declare to us to know that there is no other way, there's no other door, there's no other road, there's no other path than through Jesus Christ and him alone by asking him to come into your life. You see, you're not going to party your way through hell for all eternity, thinking, man, I'm so glad I made this choice. You're going to agonize over that choice for all eternity. Just like Jesus told of the story of the rich man and Lazarus, he cried out, somebody's got to tell my family. Somebody's got to go warn my other brothers. But just like when God shut the door in Noah's case, God said to the rich man, listen, they have the word. They have the promise. Everybody stands before God based on their own choice to believe or not to believe. And listen, for those of you who are unwilling to make a choice today, your non-choice is a choice. We either believe what the Bible says or we reap the devastating consequence. There is no level of goodness that will promote any of us to heaven, nor will it protect you from hell. The only remedy is repentance. The only road, the only gate, the Bible says, is the narrow gate that leads to eternal life. Here's how Matthew records it. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And there are many that are on that path. There are many that would rather believe their own intuition, their own belief, than the truth of God's word. There are many that are in your family, that are at your workplace, that are still believing with Billy Joel, I'd rather hang out with the sinners, we're going to have a lot more fun in hell. And totally regard the truth and the testimony and the description of what Jesus said it will be like being eternally separated from him in a place called hell. But small is the gate, and narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. And unfortunately, only few are willing to find that path. He goes down a few more verses with this encouragement, and my encouragement to everyone here today. Strive to enter into that straight or narrow gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter it, but will not be able to. There's a couple of key words that I want to pour out of that in Luke chapter 13, verse 24. He talks about a narrow gate or straight gate. In fact, the best definition is really a narrowing gate. And I want to kind of put this word picture, much like Jesus used these word pictures of Jonah being in the great fish or the story of Noah and the ark and helping us to understand the finality and the reality of what God's wrath brings to us. 
It takes effort and purpose for us, he's saying, to find this path to heaven. Obviously, right, we could just live our own life. We can party hard. We can do all those kind of things that are so selfish and owning of ourselves, thinking that somehow, like, I'm going to direct my own eternity in the light and in face of the truth. There are a lot of people that Jesus said that are going to, that are going to open themselves up to that path. But it's that narrow gate It's finding at times, yes, making the difficult choice in light of your friends, in lighting the the backlash that you might be called for being a a Jesus freak or or, or, or one who goes to church or all of these labels that that people are going to put on you. It's going to be hard to keep walking that narrow gate or that narrow path. What it brings us the idea is that it's a choice for you and I to truly do what God has asked us to do is to unpack, to unload some of the things within ourselves that we think that is either going to get us to heaven or that are going to take us to heaven. And this whole idea of this narrowing road is that it gets a little bit tighter the more that you walk the path. And there's an idea that you've got to unload, that you've got to start unpacking, getting rid of some stuff that's never going to make it to heaven. This could be a belief system. This could be your goodness. This could be your ideas of all it is other than understanding there is by no other name by which we are saved than through Jesus and him alone. You see, you're not going to pack anything and take it along to heaven. It's a narrowing gate. You see, it's losing ourself to only find the fullness of Christ living and abiding in us. You see, as those walls keep getting more narrow, it keeps providing for you and I a choice as to who truly is the Lord of our life. You see, that's the challenge with humanity, is that somehow we start to take over, isn't it? Somehow it's all written to us in the Bible, but yet we want to doubt it, we want to challenge it, we want to believe like, yeah, yeah, I get all that, but, I mean, I'm sure there's this and there's that, but how many of you have heard so many stories that there were those who stood before God as the judge and he says what, depart from me? They thought they were known. Hello? But what did the judge say? I never knew you. You see, there's so many, whether we're filling church pews or or out in the world today thinking, oh, God's got me. I mean, I've got God. we're, we're, We're connected and only to find out, unfortunately, one day that the judge is gonna say, I'm sorry, I don't I don't know you. And you're gonna say, but look at all the stuff that I've brought, look at all the things that I've packed that I'm able to bring to this journey. But you see, the narrowing journey kind of scrapes away. If you could just think of yourself as that wall is closing in and getting tighter and tighter, you recognize that big backpack of all your awards and all your trophies and all your goodness and all the things that you've done. Listen, it's not going to fit. And it's designed that way to recognize that the only way we get to heaven is through Christ and through him alone. And then he says that we're to strive Strive to enter the narrow gate. You see, I realize, listen, in our human flesh, like, like we want to be our own man. We want to do it our own way. We want to just kind of profess, look, look who I am. But the Bible tells us just the opposite. Strive to enter the narrow gates. 
The word literally is agonize. I mean, when, when you hear me talk about your choice for eternity, I, I get a feeling like maybe some people it's kind of like ho-hum. Like, okay, no. I, maybe you don't understand the seriousness of your choice or your non-choice about eternity today. The Bible says that you should be agonizing over this choice, about where you are going to spend eternity. Have we made it too comfortable for people today? Have we made it too soft in our message that we want everybody to be happy? We don't want to be anybody to be offended. We want you to kind of leave and just talk about, wow, how great the church was or the pastor or the band or whatever without anyone considering, man, I could leave this world today and be ushered into eternity and I could be lost forever. That people are no longer agonizing over their eternal destination. God, help us. Maybe to make it a little bit more sense, like Jesus helped people make sense by using other stories about how we choose the right path. There's probably a lot of you here today that are flying budget-type airlines today. Like if I said spirit airline, like some of you, there'd probably be a few amens, a few groans and moans, right? Frontier right? Like we're trying to get to Florida. Like, like you, you see these advertised rates, right? Like from, from Pittsburgh to Florida for like $29, right? You're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, right? Until you type in all the stuff, right? Then you realize, oh, like if, if, like if I'm going there for vacation, it's not $29, right? And then they tell me I can only take so much. In fact, I can't even take luggage. I got to buy luggage. Somebody say hello, right? And I got to pay for that, and then they tell you you can only take so much luggage. How many of you agonize if you have to fly on those budget airlines to Florida for your week of vacation about what to bring and what not to bring? My wife packs and unpacks like 23 times the week of us flying on one of those airlines. And, and usually when I pick up her suitcase, it weighs like 94 pounds, right? I'm like, Deb, you can only take 40 pounds. And here's the joy of it. If you take 40 pounds down, how many know you can't bring any poundage home with you, right? Which is agony for some of you ladies who like to shop on vacation, right? And you look at that suitcase and you're just like, oh, I want to take this outfit I want to take these shoes. But what happens? I can't. And I agonize over that choice. You see, here's the sad reality. We agonize over some of the silliest things in life. And yet some of you are going to leave this place today not sure of your eternal destination. And giving it no more thought than some vacation trip to a resort. Have you agonized? Have you understood the truth of the gospel? Listen, Noah preached for 120 years and all they did was laugh. You gotta be kidding me. But the truth remains that one day God is going to shut the door. You see, even in this story, as, as Luke continues to give us the account, he says this, that once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, read Noah. 
You see, Jesus was helping his live audience to say, listen, you might think like it's never going to happen. Just like those who thought in Noah's day, it's another year, not a drop of rain. You're crazy, Noah. But Noah said, no, you don't don't understand. I'm, I'm not telling you this. God's telling this. God's saying this. And you might look at me and say, well, Pastor Jim, like, you know, like, like I heard you like a year ago, you said this, but like, I'm okay. And listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not, not, it's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible is saying to us. And just like in the days of Noah, God shut the door and no one was able to get in except for Noah and his family. Here's what Jesus says to us in Luke chapter 13. But there's going to come a day when the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, and you are going to stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, open the door. But he will answer, I don't know you, and I don't know where you came from. And then you will say, but didn't we eat and drink and party Didn't we hear your words on the street while we were there with you? But he will reply, I don't know you. Away from me. For you will be sent to a place where there are weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, I don't want to give you this big downer on the end of our series, which I think that over these last couple of weeks has been really amazing and been so good for us to consider and helping us to understand heaven, where mystery and majesty collide. But neither could I end without us being rock sure that there is only one way to get to heaven. It wasn't a series of information. It was a series that we are focused on the truth that we have a choice to make. Every single one of us as to where we are going to spend eternity. Listen, I could talk to you for the next hour about the question of why would a good God send people to hell when we recognize a good God doesn't send anybody to hell. It's on the choice that every person makes. God hasn't decided. God has made a way for everyone, but God has allowed the choice to remain inside of every one of us. You see, here's what I want to finish with you today, is that eternity is always just one breath away. Your eternity. Now, I know some of you aren't going to believe it, right? Why? Well, because I lived last week Last month, last year. Jeff, it's good to see you today. I didn't recognize you for a while. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that you're here today because I just heard, so Jeff was diagnosed with cancer eight months ago, five months ago. But this week, diagnosed cancer-free. Praise God. to go off script here a little bit since I saw Jeff. Jeff, probably over the last 14 years, I've probably used you a handful of times in some sermon illustrations. 
A lot of those were because you were one of the biggest, strongest guys in real life. Bodybuilder, workout guy, massive, strong. But cancer was a pretty big foe. You would have probably never guessed five years ago in the prime of your life, massive, strong, powerful, that anything, whatever bad, could happen, right? In, in the way that it did. But we're just one breath away. We're one ache or pain. We're one sickness away from devastation in our life. And thank God, God's been faithful, Jeff, for your story today. See, I want to, I want everybody to be reminded, say, well, it could never happen to me. Listen, if I didn't think it was going to happen to anybody, I never thought it would have happened to Jeff, but for every one of us, we're just one breath away from something devastating in our life. And then we're going to be faced with a choice. And I know that it's been a journey and a, a road for you, Jeff, but I do remember five months ago after hearing that diagnosis that you had strong belief that God was going to be faithful and God was going to be good to you, right? Yeah, you did. I remember that. see, our belief in this narrowing road, others might laugh, but they're going to keep laughing when the door is closed. That can't be your choice today, my friends. Your choice is that I'm going to do what it takes to get heaven. And that is to know in my heart of hearts. So here's what I want to finish with you today. You see, the fact is that if you're right and I'm wrong, then it really doesn't matter, does it? If you say, Pastor, listen, at the end, we just die, we go into the ground, and that's it. There is no eternity. There is no God. Listen, this is just a shambles. Listen, if you're right and I'm wrong, then you're right. Then it really doesn't matter. This was just a sham. We just kind of, hey, we lived a little better, but then when it's over, it was over. And that would be the end of it. But let me give you the other side. But what if I'm right and you're wrong? What if it is the only way you get to heaven is by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? What if not only is heaven real, but what if hell is real? What if what Pastor Jim is talking about for seven weeks is that God would want nothing more than for you to go to heaven But by not making a choice in what Christ did for you and forgiving your sin, that you will be sent to hell for all eternity. What if Billy Joel isn't at the piano in hell? With all of his cute lyrics and all of his cute words. What if, as the Bible declares, that there is no party in hell? What if I'm right and you're wrong? Well, then it makes a world of difference. Yes? Then it makes a world of difference. So I want to challenge every one of you here today. I want to pray over you. And I'm going to ask you to choose today. You see, I don't want to stand before God and Him one day say, Jim, I gave you the platform. I put my truth in you to declare to people, but you backed off from that because you wanted to please people, because you wanted to be the good guy, because you wanted everybody to like you, and so you just kind of kept it light and easy, 
But because of that fatal decision, there were a lot of people that never heard the truth of the gospel. And today, they they did not make a choice. And today, they're not going to be in heaven. And so today, I want to take my role as your shepherd, as your pastor, as your leader. Listen, I can't make this choice for you. I'm not here to strong arm you. But I want to provide with you the truth that today is the day to make the choice to ask Christ into your life. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? We believe what the Bible says, that the only way I get to heaven is by trusting in Jesus and in him and him alone. That my sin can be fully forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. See, that story of Jesus dying, it's just as true today as it was back then. But the truth of his resurrection, of being three days gone, but three after three days rising again, is just as true then as it is today as well. That my sins can be redeemed, they can be washed, they can be cleansed. You see, that's my prayer for you. But this is your choice as we close today. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?